0: Hello. In this week's show, we're getting the latest expert advice from the UN Health Agency on what to make of clotting concerns surrounding COVID vaccines. We'll also hear about a mounting death toll among protesters in Myanmar, and we'll be highlighting a good news story from Cambodia, thanks to UNAIDS, where the agency has had to react fast to the new challenges facing people with HIV during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm your host, Daniel Johnson, and I'll be joined later for this at UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva by Solange Behotegue cortez from the Information Service at UN Geneva. Thanks for listening. First, the news. International experts advising the UN Health Agency have allayed concerns over blood clots that have been associated by some countries with coronavirus jabs without definitive evidence. The expert panel, SAGE, said that bleeding events are a symptom of COVID-19. The development comes as the European Medicines Agency announced on Thursday that the AstraZeneca coronavirus jab is safe to use. It also follows the approval of the one-shot Janssen COVID vaccine by SAGE on Wednesday, which followed trials involving 44,000 people who developed 10 blood clots, also called thromboembolic events in the placebo test group, versus 14 in the vaccinated candidates. This was not statistically significant, SAGE technical advisor Dr Anna Lees Wilder-Smith told journalists during a virtual press conference in Geneva.
1: We need to be reminded that the vaccine intentionally recruited persons that are at higher risk of COVID, so older persons persons with comorbidities, obesity, who may have naturally already a higher risk of thromboembolic events. So I think we could use this, the 10 out of the 22,000, as kind of of a background.
0: At the same press conference, SAGE hailed the one-dose Janssen shot as a safe and life-saving addition to the three other vaccines it has already approved for use, Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca. Here's SAGE member Dr Kate O'Brien, an immunisation expert from the World Health Organization. The world is in a place where there is insufficient supply to meet um, the requirements of people who need to be vaccinated. And clearly, any of these vaccines are life-saving products. They need to be used as quickly as we can get them deployed. Um, People can have confidence in their safety and efficacy and in the quality of the manufacturing of the products. To Myanmar and an appeal from the UN Rights Chief to the Security Council for all states which have influence to end the deadly violence against protesters there following the coup on the 1st of February. High Commissioner for Human Rights Michelle Bachelet's call on Tuesday came as her office said that at least 149 people had been confirmed victims since the military takeover. At least 11 were killed on Monday and 57 died over the weekend. And there are many more reports of further killings that the UN Rights Office said it has not been able to corroborate. Spokesperson Ravina Shamdasani told journalists in Geneva that the High Commissioner had appealed for all states which have influence to take measures to ensure that the violence comes to an end.
1: There is really a clear need for a unified message from the Security Council to, one, stress that this violence needs to be brought to an end, and two, call for accountability of the perpetrators of this violence and of previous severe human rights violations that were committed by the military.
0: The situation is dire and getting worse by the day, said Ms Shamdasani, who added that the High Commissioner believed that any sanctions imposed against Myanmar should be targeted against specific military officials, rather than broad sanctions that may impact on the wider population. Now to this week's interview, which is a welcome good news story from Cambodia and UNAIDS, where the agency had to think on its feet to react to the challenges posed by the COVID-19 crisis, as country director for Cambodia, Vladanka Andreva, told me.
1: You know, I think people living with HIV in Cambodia, as well, you know, as the rest of the Cambodians, were really under a huge stress, not only a hair stress but also a lot of stress was put on the economy of the country. And I think in particular for people living with HIV, one of the fears was would they have continued access to both prevention and treatment services. So early in the pandemic last year, What UNAIDS has done together with the National AIDS Program, with the communities and different local organizations, we did a survey. We went and we asked people living with HIV and so-called key population, men who have sex with men, people who use drugs, transgender people, sex workers, what are their fears? how can we help them? What's the access to prevention and treatment services for them like since the COVID-19 pandemic started? And based on those answers, we decided to introduce early monitoring and we're really looking at early indication of disruption of services. Second, we try to be a bit more innovative in the way we are offering services. You know, Usually, in particular, the prevention services are offered in outreach work, which means people are going outside when we know where key populations are and offering prevention services, education, access to HIV testing to them outside. However, now we have moved most of offer for HIV prevention services in the virtual world. We're using different social media platforms to reach out to them and we have introduced HIV self-testing as yet another option.
0: So you feared the worst when the COVID-19 pandemic really shut down the country and that included the closure of the biggest and oldest HIV treatment site in the capital, Phnom Penh. That was repurposed, wasn't it, to help COVID-19 patients?
1: True. One of the first efforts that Ministry of Health has done since the onset of the pandemic is really to have a central COVID-19 centre. Unfortunately, the chosen selection was the oldest HIV treatment site in in the capital. So what we have done again, collectively with Ministry of Health and the National AIDS Programme, we have ensured smooth transition of all patients, and that was the largest cohort of patients in Phnom Penh, into a new treatment site. We have provided, in addition to the services that have been offered, plus additional counselors just to make sure that people knew where to go next and how to take up their medicines. And we have also provided face masks and sanitizers. The second effort that we have made is really we have used COVID-19 as an accelerator for promotion of multi-month dispensing of treatment. What does that mean? Instead of going every month to pick up your antiretroviral treatment, Treatment. Now people can go and pick up their treatment every three months, and some of them even on six-months' basis. That means that they go less frequently to the treatment size which limits their exposure to COVID-19, but also saves them money that they would spend normally on transport.
0: So there's been no problem getting hold of HIV medicines during the pandemic and during the import-export restrictions that we've seen.
1: One of the biggest fears, obviously, was the potential indirect impact of COVID-19 on the supply chain. We were lucky enough that we have not recorded any shortages of medicine in Cambodia. We have started this multi-month dispensing before the onset of the pandemic, but you know, One year ago, we had only 34% of people who are on treatment having access to multi month dispensing. Today, we have more than 54% of people on treatment that have three or six months' supply of their medicines.
0: And is there any stigma associated with HIV still in Cambodia, as there might be with COVID-19, or at least in the beginning?
1: We are still not immune to, to stigma and discrimination. And, you know, and this is sometimes coupled with a reluctance to disclose one HIV status, because the key population that I have referred to earlier on, men who have sex with men, people who use drugs, um, entertainment workers, transgender women, sometimes they buy or sell sex. And these people are really hard to reach with HIV intervention. And I think, again, this whole innovation of moving some of the services into the virtual space has opened a door to reach some of these unreached population and offer services to them, but also making sure that the uptake, particularly of HIV testing as knowing your HIV status is very important. Then you can know if and what prevention measures you should uptake or... If your HIV status is positive, how to get on treatment is very, very important.
0: UNAIDS is advocating that all countries, ministries of health and national AIDS programmes, grant access to three months or more of antiretroviral therapy for all people with HIV, including refugees and migrants. So how many countries currently support this three-month, this multi-month dispensary of HIV drugs?
1: In this region, Asia and the Pacific, most of the countries have already adopted that into their national programmes. And I think, you know, Cambodia is not unique by using COVID-19 as an opportunity, really, to scale up this initiative.
0: UNAIDS Country Director for Cambodia, Vladanka Andreva, there. And you can hear the longer version of that interview on UN News forward slash Audio Hub now. You're listening to UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva with me, Daniel Johnson. Also with me is Solange bejartegui Cortes from UN Geneva's Information Service. Hi, Solange.
2: Hola, Daniel.
0: So I thought it was interesting to hear how the UN agency and its partners have adapted to new COVID challenges, giving several months of HIV medicines at a time and also turning to social media platforms to keep people with HIV informed about their options.
2: Yeah, well, this year marks 40 years of HIV and AIDS four decades living with a pandemic that has claimed the lives of many and has generated stigma and discrimination. And this year, We also commemorate the 25th anniversary of the United Nations program on HIV and AIDS, UNAIDS. 25 years working with civil society and communities to find local solutions and fight a pandemic that many people think only happens to others. Gay people, people who use drugs, but of course This affects us all, one way or another. And as many people from the UN Secretary General Down have been saying all along with the COVID pandemic, no one is safe until everyone is safe. This essential lesson of solidarity applies to beating HIV. But we have a third pandemic, and this one is hidden, the gender equality pandemic. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said in opening remarks to the 65th session of the Commission on the Status of Women on Monday, that the COVID-19 is a crisis with a woman's face. And here I would like to add that it is the woman's face in all its diversity. Finally, I have a friend who is HIV positive, and because he takes retroviral medicine, he thinks he is immune to COVID. Misinformation has become synonymous with the pandemic. This infodemic spreads faster than a virus. The most effective response to fight pandemics is to end inequality and generate liable information pause take care before you share
0: thank you Solange absolutely take care before you share and we should talk about uh, that because the UN has a verified campaign which is aimed at delivering trusted information life-saving advice and stories from the best of humanity, and you can get involved by becoming an information volunteer and sharing UN-verified science-based content, which will keep your family safe, your community safe, as well as connected to the latest scientific advice. If you want to take part, you can sign up as an information volunteer at www.shareverified.com. And then going back to your comments, Solange, thank you for those. Ending AIDS as a public health threat by 2030 is a sustainable development goal, which all UN member states have signed up to. In June, the UN General Assembly will be planning next steps. And last month, UN AIDS chief Winnie Bien-Mima said that the AIDS epidemic is unfinished business and must be ended for everyone, everywhere, in particular for young women and adolescent girls who are among those disproportionately affected by HIV. So there we are. We are out of time. We'll be back next week with another UN catch-up Dateline Geneva. Thanks as ever to Justine Bryce, who is in the wings with her production help. Bye-bye for now.